0: The fuck is up, everybody? We're back, week two, live from San 71 in Isle Park with my co-host, my brother, my best friend, Zaza. I
1: I thought you were completely disregarding the first like three episodes that we did for a second. Well,
0: this is is the second one that we that we've done live together. So like I've been, I'm like, I'm like hyped that like we're doing this again because you and I remember we were here until one o'clock in the morning last week, and I bit, dude. Oh, I remember that. (laughs) I do
1: remember that. It was a rough day the next day. Does it
0: feel like does it feel like it's been longer than a week? Am I the only one that feels that way? It,
1: does, it feels like it's been a while. it, it, feels, does. it feels like
0: it's been maybe just because we haven't ha- maybe because we just didn't have football. I don't know if that really had a thing or not.
1: We didn't really have football. We did have some big news though from the NFL and a few yes. other leagues.
0: So much to go a lot of, over a, lot of shit, over. a lot of
1: shit going on.
0: So Jose and I we all, we we contemplated doing an emergency podcast last Thursday. Unfortunately, we you know we were both busy with our own work, so we didn't end up doing it. But holy shit, that we get Rob doing it on Monday night. We had Tom Brady retirement it, it, that came. I, I still blame Adam Schefter. We'll get that was, into that.
1: That was what Wednesday morning. That was that like Tom? Tuesday
0: morning. That was Tuesday morning, I think.
1: T- oh right, right. Today's Monday. Oh my God, I'm, I keep thinking we're recording on Tuesday, but yeah, that was the very next morning. By the time we the by the time podcast. we
0: wrap this, we'll probably be recording by Tuesday morning.
1: That was yeah. Yeah, like we did last week. And that was like less than 12 hours after we recorded. So we kind of missed out there. I know.
0: Uh, we had so that. Goes. We had that. We had Brian Flores. Um, this is going to be – I don't think it's going to be sensitive for us, but I think this is going to be something different just because it's – Jose and I, We when we started this, we wanted to really focus on sports of it. We didn't really want to get him to – you know, other, other causes or other, you know, other things that that athletes choose to bring up in their day-to-day life. But this is something that him and I have discussed that we feel we need to address. Brian Flores is suing, uh, the NFL, the, uh, the Denver Broncos, the Miami dolphins and the New York giants for our New
1: York giants, New York football giants,
0: our New York football giants for, um, I believe racial discrimination and a few, uh, and a slew of other things. We're going to unpack that. Um, yeah, it's a very serious situation where you know we're gonna do our best we can to 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 walk through this and try and unpack it and give our give our opinions on it. Uh we also it's Super Bowl week. Um I
1: finally the big game, the last game, it feels bittersweet, doesn't it? It I <laughs> I feel I right? so feel like got big a big game month. coming up, but you know after that you're going what six months without football, something like, like that? Thirty two
0: weeks without football is something horrible. I don't I don't even want to think about it. Like the Pro Bowl was horrible. Sounds like
1: a pregnancy. Thirty-two weeks until the due date.
0: Dude, it it weirdly is. Um no, we I I So multiple things. One, I wanted to go to LA just to say that we could go to LA because everyone's going to LA now to work on radio. So before you wanted to go to LA, you wanted to go to Vegas. For the Pro Bowl. I, I texted Jose Friday, Friday afternoon, and I'm like, "Yo, let's go to Vegas." And to no one's surprise, Jose said, "No." Um, yeah, the, the I fully responsible, respect him to say no. responsible young
1: businessman that I am, having the schedule that I have. I don't know who you're trying. There's certain to. certain certain obligations that we have to fulfill over here that we did. Huh. But um, you know, it's it, it's funny because if you say. Jose I want to go to the to the to Vegas that's one thing that's one thing that draws interest you say Jose I want to go to the pro bowl that's like what dude who wants to go to the pro bowl the pro bowl it's not, is not about shit. going to the pro bowl <laughs> it's
0: about going to see the events
1: right which was that something new they did this year with the with the Target I saw Russell Wilson hitting so moving targets on robots and I saw oh. Micah Parsons, Tyreek Hill, Nick Chubb doing the, the races. They've always That's had new, stu-
0: right? no they, they've, they've always had stuff like that, but they've always twisted it and they've always like done newer things with it, like adapted it as it's gone over time. Like they've had they've had shit like that for a long time, but they just like I don't know if it was it it looked like there was some new stuff. Yo, they were also this I don't know if the NFL just dropped the ball completely or what. They were doing it in a baseball stadium. Like, I don't know. There's a minor league. It wasn't at the
1: Raiders stadium.
0: They did the pro bowl there. They didn't do the events there. Interesting.
1: I didn't know that. And that just goes to show how little people follow this, right? Like this is, this is all of the stars of football coming out to play an exhibition game, which by the way, it was two hand touch. It wasn't even tackle
0: that. I get that. I get
1: And. I get You're going to into the offseason, you know? where that's uh, exactly was it, why. You, was it Lawrence you, Taylor who lit someone up at the Pro Bowl? Sean Taylor. Rest Sean in peace. Taylor, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well have been Lawrence Taylor. I mean, Lawrence Taylor. A let's team, not but, no, Sean, Sean Taylor
0: died with dignity. Lawrence Taylor is a scumbag. Um, one of the
1: greatest giants of all time.
0: He but, was. Put, he it, was just, put it to football. Put it to football. Let's, let's put character aside. <laughs> okay, still, sounds good.
1: But still, point being, like, I, I felt like, I was actually interested in what I saw from the clips that I saw on Instagram, right? Russell Wilson hitting a couple targets. Yeah. Uh, Micah Parsons beating out Nick Chubb and, and Tyree Kill, who was dusted. Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill.
0: I don't even think him. he tried. No, he didn't. I think. I mean, did you see he showed
1: up at NHL all-star weekend and he, he That's publicly, another reason. publicly called out Usain Bolt
0: said he wanted him to come out of retirement. I didn't see that part of it. But you didn't another, see that. Another reason I wanted to go was because the NHL All Star team was there. where we where we stayed for Brian's bachelor party. They were all across the street in that in that arena. That's Definitely. where it happened. Like we could have, dude. Like I had so many thoughts in my head. The, the Caesar's Palace. It was one hundred and eighty dollars for a room for for two nights. That's not bad at all. Delta had Delta had what's it called flights? I think it was like three forty one round trip. Like you fly out. You land in Vegas ten o'clock Friday night. You fly out at like noon on Sunday. I very is easily- there a layover in Detroit? No, there is. <laughs> and you have tickets going on to the plane. You don't fly to Detroit to see if you have a ticket on the plane. <laughs> oh my god! I still can't believe we did that. <laughs> I can't believe it either. Shout out, John. Um,
1: yeah, no, we got we got a lot on the docket to, for today. You know, not, not a lot of recapping. Sports per se, but we got some hot topics that we got to hit on here. So
0: yeah, aside from football, we'll have uh, we have you know, we're getting into the NBA. What the absolute fuck is going on in Brooklyn? Jose will unpack that. Um, the Knicks need to trade Julius Randle. I'm I'm gonna declare it right now. As we watch the Knicks right now, I have a parlay going. That's I'm weirdly I'm oddly close. I'm very close to hitting it. I'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, And then uh, MLB, MLB is starting to sound like we're a a week from today. uh, I'm not going to be able to say X amount of days until pitches and catches report. It just looked like it's heading that way. Um, But some interesting things have changed during the lockout that we're going to get into that Jose finds very interesting that I find very interesting. Uh, We're so glad to do it, man. We're so glad that you guys are rocking with us. We, we We can't tell you guys how much we appreciate the support. Um, we you guys may know this size uh, this is you know episode five, but episode two for us live. This is also going to be our second episode on Spotify. The link is in the description on the Instagram page. I'll put the link in the description in the YouTube page. Where we got so much to talk about, we got so much to get after. Jose, you ready? I'm ready to go, baby. All right, hit the music. Why don't you talk tonight? Drugs got me sweating, but the room getting colder. Looking at the devil and the angel on my shoulder. Laying with me. Pop with me. Get high with me if you rock right with me. Smoke with me. Drink with me. play with me. Pop with me. Get high with me if you rock right with me. All right, let's go. Jose, oh, could you actually hear it this time? Because I like could. The... You heard that? I heard that. Did you? I didn't hear anything. No. <laughs> Shit. Okay.
1: All right. Well, I mean. He looked across at me, and you were jamming out, and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." No, I honestly, I thought we were in the same boat because we have the same mic, we have the same headphones on right now. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I figured you didn't hear that either.
0: No, I did. I thought you were
1: finally on my side for once.
0: I was on your side last time, and then now I'm using the headphones because it's we. I need to apologize to everybody who's listening right now. The audio last week was absolute shit. I know it was. I'm sorry. Jose and I are both sorry. We're working on it. This is a growing, this is a growing show. I'm really not sorry. Okay. Well, Um, I am sorry. I
1: am sorry. (laughs) I want everybody to listen and enjoy our show.
0: We're working on it. We're working to give you the best product that we can. Uh, but this takes time. We're, you know, I I like doing this every Monday night now. We're doing this, you know, together now. We're not doing this over the computer. Obviously, we'll have to do some shows over the computer as time goes on. But um, you know, this is a growing, this is a growing enterprise. Well, eventually. We'll eventually get there, but we're not there yet. So we're um, paving our way in a saturated market for podcasters here. So I just to, Jose, to tell you my parlay right now. So the Knicks are the next have three minutes left in the third quarter. They're up 12. So I have a parlay. RJ Barrett over 21 and a half. Donovan Mitchell over 24 and a half. Mitchell wasn't having a good game. Mitchell Robinson over nine and a half buckets, nine and a half rebounds. Royce O'Neal over five and a half rebounds, and Julius Motherfucking Randall over five and a half assists. You, my man, said Royce O'Neal over nine and a half rebounds, five and a
1: half. Oh, I thought you said nine and a half. I was like, what? No, who is Royce O'Neal to be getting nine and a half rebounds? I don't know. Five and a half is looking
0: good. He's got four right now. R.J. Barrett has 18 points. Donovan Mitchell has 25. Mitchell Robinson, my motherfucking dog. Mitchell Robinson, 18 boards, 18 boards. That's my dog it's right a Jared
1: Allen stat line.
0: It's a, it's, fuck you, Jared Allen. <laughs> the Royce O'Neal with four rebounds. And All-star then... snub. Jared Allen, we'll probably it. the best we'll,
1: center in the We'll East. get into it. We'll,
0: we'll get into it. We'll get into it. All
1: right, All right Tim, where are we starting?
0: Julius Randle only has two assists. We're on on parlay watch. We're on parlay watch. So
1: Tim's got that. I I, I got a, I picked every single game tonight and I need the jazz to win by seven and a half. And right now they're losing by nine with two fifty one left in the third quarter. So stay posted
0: for that. We'll see. Not looking hot.
1: Yeah. They're at home. They're the better
0: team. All right. So uh, to recap, you know, uh, when we recorded last Monday, we got into it about Adam Schefter and, um, Oh, uh, this is going to piss me off. The other reporter whose name escapes me right now, uh, completely fucking up Tom Brady's attempt at a retirement. Um, and then Jose and I, we went to bed. We, we recorded this. We went to bed. We woke up Tuesday morning to texts and emails and tweets and everything saying Tom Brady posts on Instagram that he retired.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it was around um, 930 in the morning that I got a text from Adam Schefter himself. He said, listen, Jose. I'm about to break this news on Instagram. I might even go on Instagram live. And I said, Shefty, don't do it, baby. Don't do it, Chef.ty You don't have to go on live for this. And he said, but I want to make sure, more importantly, you're the first one to know that TB12 is retiring. And I said, bro, you already blew up the spot last week. And Tom Brady had to crawl into a cave for a few days before he finally came out and admitted this. And then eventually the news broke. And, um, you know, I was the first one on the spot. I knew it was happening. And Tom Brady retired. So, you know, tb 12 hangs it up. He hangs up his seven Super Bowls. Those mean, titles are in the rafters. And uh, and you got to look back on 22 years of a
0: glorious career here. A career that wasn't supposed to happen. Like, like but, it was just, right 199th pick in the draft. The seven, the, there were six quarterbacks taken ahead of him. Like, this. Like realistically, like this, like his career was not supposed to happen this way. Like he was supposed to be like a substitute teacher in Michigan or something like that. Like he was not supposed to be who he was. I cannot get over Adam Schefter's shit. Like I blame him wholeheartedly for this. I blame yeah. him. I, I I there
1: was just Did it go according to plan? No. But did Tom Brady ultimately get the last laugh in being able to announce his own retirement? I still think the answer is yes, because last week we were talking about how we weren't sure. I was on this podcast saying very adamantly that Tom Brady was going to come back and give us one more run for his money, just despite Adam Schefter and he who shall remain nameless, whose name also escapes me, who also reported this news ahead of Tom Brady's wishes. So, you know, we were still kind of up in limbo. And until we actually saw Tom Brady's retiring, we didn't believe it. And even when we saw it, I mean, I don't we know about you, I, I didn't believe it. I was like, maybe this is just another hoax, you know? Maybe. And then, and then he posted the Instagram thing, and that was right. like, okay, this. Is Which, real. by the way, most notably from that Instagram post, let's talk about how he didn't mention the Patriots at all.
0: So I, I know I've heard I, I need to find my words as I watch. Someone just score for Washington Utah
1: Jazz. Come back
0: now, down six. I don't care if they come swing. back. I just need I need my parlay to hit. Points swing So, um, I I thought about that. My yes, he left them out of his retirement speech. He did. He wholeheartedly did. And then the And then the Patriots did the classy thing of, uh, of you know congratulating him. Belichick congratulated him. Belichick had his own words for him. I thought but, that was pretty cool. But the one thing that I – the one thing that, like, I could see why he didn't do it is because, like, the the man in the arena, that's his – that was his – what's it called? That was his, like – I feel like that was in his own way, like, recapping his entire career with the Patriots. Oh, it was like a tribute video. Exactly. That's why I kind of feel like in his head he was like, "Okay, like I don't need to like I like I'm with I'm with the Bucks right now. I'm with the Bucks right now. Like I don't need to, I don't need to thank the Patriots because I've already done that with the man in the arena. So like I, I, I get it wholeheartedly. So that's how you read the tea leaves. <laughs> that's how I read it. Like I think he, I think he's, I, I think he was just done. I think he. That's why I also think the man in the arena thing, the one that Ian Rappaport was saying, like there was another one in the works. I like that was supposed to be his like goodbye to Foxborough also. So
1: I agree with that to an extent. However, I think that when you're formally calling it a career, I I think that you specifically look at your career and you don't look at what you've put out in media like this, you know, nine part docu series that he's put out. And I think that you still owe it to the fan base more than anything. Forget Belichick, forget Robert Kraft, forget all the guys, the draft scouts who put in time and effort to bring this guy in as, you know, a potential quarterback of the Patriots, but to the fans, like you owe it to them. I can think of a few names off the top of my head, people that I'm friends with who are Patriots fans who would have loved to see Tom Brady mention the Pats in that, you know, what was it, like five slides of content that you put on Instagram? I mean, look, they took a chance on you. You spent twenty years. It was twenty, right? Twenty on the nose because he spent two years with the Bucks. Twenty-two years in the league. Yeah, twenty years with the. the You owe it to them. You owe it to them at that point. Tom Brady's not Tom Brady without the Patriots organization.
0: I I agree with you, but I get like again. I just I think that it's
1: who's that? that And and then, and then I started. I started to think maybe something else was coming. Maybe he was. I heard. I heard on the on the. News that maybe he would sign a one day contract with the Pats so he could hold a formal presser and retire a Patriot officially. I like that idea, doesn't seem like it's going to be happening though. And I think that we've heard the last of Tom Brady as a professional football player. To be honest with you, I think what happened is Brady realized he actually dropped his Brady brands like what wild what was it super wild card weekend or whatever the hell we yeah, called he- it a few weeks back. I think and I think he, he realized how infatuated he was by by the business side of his life, and how uh, much potential he had to spend more time with his family. With and he could still make the money that he's making. Exactly, and without having to spend time
0: on the road and be away from them. And also, and, he uh, said, it, it, the one thing that I find it, that I found interesting in his in his farewell address, I guess we could call it, he wasn't prepared to give to give the commitment to being a pro athlete, the TB12 method, the eating vegan, the treatments, the, you know, the, 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 the special pajamas, the, like the lifestyle that you truly have to live to be in uh, to be a professional athlete. He talking of, about the footy pajamas, right? I don't know. There's some, I, I swear you, you there's some beats in there. And then you got the zipper. <laughs> dude. There's, there's, up. there's some, I, I, I will show you on TB12's method. There is something that like you, like there's like some, like, a thousand dollar pair of pajamas that apparently they recommend that you buy because it helps you sleep better. I don't know. I have no intention on buying it, but they they were real. I swear. I've never to. heard of that. I swear to you? It was something is. I as thought you were joking about
1: that. I'm gonna have to look into it now.
0: No, dude, I'm telling you. So, okay. i so you know, I, I'm more upset that like we missed it. Like we should have given. I wish we had our heart. We had our like our hot takes on the, on the retirement of it, you know, right. I guess we're, we're like, brave. we can't, we can't choose how we go out. So I raised my <laughs> the I, last thing I'll say about it and, okay. and give your toast for, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. No, you, I, so. I need, I need you to do the toast with me.
1: So I, I think I'm a little spoiled by seeing guys like Mariano Rivera and David Ortiz and Derek Jeter go out with a quote unquote, farewell tour right. where they were brought into stadiums. I forgot which one of the guys it was. I think it was Mariano. And he went to like Houston, and they made him like a rocking chair out of baseball bats, like just stupid little silly things
0: like that. I know that L.A. Angels gave Jeter like a like a paddle board or some shit. Like, yeah, exactly. Like all these teams going out of their way to make right, you know, tributes
1: to them and give them mm-hmm. retirement gifts. And um, I guess I kind of always thought that that was the status quo. So I always thought that maybe Tom Brady and you know, Philip, even guys who have retired recently, philip Rivers, Eli Manning, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, that that, you know, draft class that all just so happened to retire within a year or two of each other, which is kind of weird. But um, I expected that to kind of happen here and, and to not have a chance to give him a formal goodbye to appreciate his last game, to appreciate that his last touchdown pass was over Jalen Ramsey to Mike Evans, you know, 50 yard bomb with the game on the line in the playoffs. I feel like those moments were special, but they could have been a lot more special if I knew, hey, Tom has already committed to hanging up his cleats after this run. It makes me feel like he was genuinely in limbo about this or he just didn't want the publicity that, you know, those baseball players that I just named wanted when they were retiring.
0: It almost makes me feel like he's like full of shit because you remember how you would say like he wanted to play to lose 40, 45? Yeah. Like, I, I, that's why I was so like determined. That's why I was so convinced that he was going to come back next year as his last year. Right. Yeah. But, yeah I remember, I, I remember I was talking, um, I was talking to a mutual friend of ours who is a Patriots fan. Um, and she was saying that Brady apparently has been on record thinking that, I, I've never heard him, I've never heard him say this, but apparently Brady's thing has been that he doesn't want a farewell tour. He's never wanted a farewell tour. Some guys don't, and I and I can right, understand I, that. It's a lot of attention, of course. And I just like it's a distraction. I, I, you know, you want you want to know the one thing I feel like shit about? I besides the fact that I can hear myself, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I can hear myself only in the back, so I got to get lower. Um, I feel like shit saying that I hated Tom Brady. Like not that I hated, hated him, but like that I was just fit, like that I was just done seeing him. Right, like I feel like he's graceful. the time. like, I don't I, feel I, that way, dude. Like, dude, we're like we're like people getting out of prison who like we don't know how to live without Tom Brady in our life. Like, like you, you remember you ever right. see you ever, you ever see Shawshank Redemption? Yeah. <laughs> I right. have <laughs> never seen
1: Shawshank Redemption. I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing tomorrow, and <laughs> you're off day. Yeah, right. Not watching Shawshank Redemption update that much. All right, whatever you say. But. uh... Nah, man, you know, it's good to see the goat go out on his own terms, especially after two reporters tried to rob that for him. I wish him the best of luck in his post-retirement life, and I know that he doesn't need my luck because he's filthy rich, and he'll be enjoying it regardless of what I think.
0: So you guys can't see it, but Jose and I are raising our glasses. To TB12, thank you for 22 years of greatness. Salud, TB12. Salud. All right. Unfortunately, we got to move on. Just like Brady, it's the week of the Super Bowl. You keep the Super up... Bowl. You keep looking out the window, and I keep thinking that someone's cars
1: keep driving by, and I'm like a dog. I just my attention span is very short, and I see lights,
0: and I got to look at lights. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just, it's we, gotta close the, we gotta close the curtains next week. I know. Um, it's Super Bowl week. Everyone's flocking to LA. It's the Rams. It's the it's it's the Joey B, Joey B, and the Bengals. Is it the Bengals or is it Joey B? It's the Bengals. Joey B will be the first one to tell you. Fair enough, dude. (laughs) Like we got a lot to look forward to in this game. Like, did you hear
1: that both starting tight ends might not be able to play? They both said that they're they're. You know, I know that they play and that they want to make every effort to play, but I know that they. have up. Their
0: Uzoma, name. I don't know how to say his name properly, yeah, but I know that I know that both of them have banged up knees, and I know that, they, but I also know that both of them act as both quarterbacks' security blankets, so it's going to be very interesting,
1: especially in a Super Bowl game. Both teams might be coming out with some nerves. Joe Burrow's obviously a first timer there. And a second-year player, that I'm, I'm not worried about Joe years. Burrow.
0: I'm not worried about Joe Burrow. You know what? I think Vegas is because they set this line at what four, were, four and a half. They were very, bur- they were worried about him going into Kansas City. Look how that turned out. That's what? No, I agree. And I was worried about him going into Kansas City. I didn't jump on the Joe
1: Burrow bandwagon until they beat the Chiefs because I thought that the Chiefs were the team to beat, it, and especially when you play on their home turf. But um. But now that they've beaten Kansas City, who I consider to be the Super Bowl favorite, the team to beat, I, I fully expect them to win.
0: And so on,
1: on the money line, I think they're like plus 170, 180, right?
0: So I literally just, uh, so the line is, the spread is, they're, they're giving them four points.
1: Or, yeah.
0: Cincinnati to cover, Cincinnati to the money line is plus 166. One sixty six. Okay. I I mean we've been putting this off. I well, we are, I mean, I think it's going to be an insane game. I really do. I think insane I, I think in I, terms of what offense. Like I'm not going to want to take. Like I real, I have no idea what to expect. Like I'm not going to want. I'm going to be. I'm going to be at a party. This I is the most be. interested I've been in a Super Bowl in, in mm-hmm. recent memory. That, that that like I saw the other day. Eli Manning beat Tom Brady in forty six. Literally ten years ago. Like I don't remember the last I don't remember the last time I was this like emotionally invested in a Super Bowl. I didn't wanna
1: put that stamp of I haven't been this invested in the last ten years on it, but I think you might be right. Like I can't think of a Super Bowl I've been this interested in since that Super Bowl.
0: I I've I've watched every Super Bowl in that ten years. Like I'm not saying I haven't. I just like, this is going to be the, like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be. But don't lie. How many of those Super Bowls were you watching just because of the commercials? <laughs> all of them.
1: <laughs> and, all right. So so I attribute it to two things. Am I this interested in it because we started this podcast during the playoffs? Or because sports gambling just became legal in New York and I have money on the line for it? First of all,
0: no free share, no free ads. Um, Secondly, I, I think it's a combo of. The Cinderella story of the Bengals, and I think it and is not. also, and I think, and I think it's also because of this. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I am watching all of my sports more, more frequently now, just because of this. I'm betting college yeah. basketball just because. At, after after Sunday, we have NBA and we have college basketball to look forward to, and that's it. Unless you want to take right. up hockey. For MLB
1: labor talks, baby, get and, into uh, the uh, the law side of it
0: is not gonna we're not gonna play games until September. We're fucked on so many levels. <laughs> no, I totally agree.
1: We'll get into that later. We'll get into
0: that later. Um but this should be a good game.
1: I I do I will say I expect I expect I don't know what the under's at. I would assume it's probably somewhere around 47, 48 points. I think it's like which 48. is it's 48 and a half. 48 and a half. So that sounds right to me. <laughs> um, but I will say I fully expect the under to hit because even though Stafford's a vet even though he's had playoff experience, he's never had a run. He's never had a successful team in the playoffs. He's never been in a winning organization to begin with. And this is his first year in LA. And then on the other side, you got Joe Burrow, who's the wonder kid, you know, in the last three years he's won the Heisman he's won the CFP championship. And now he's got a chance to win the super bowl, which obviously has never been done. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but I, I think that there's going to be nerves. I think it's natural. And I, and I expect them to get off to slow starts at the very least. But I do think that the entire game will be um, potentially low scoring. And I do just want to say really quick uh-huh. that I had Alyssa. Um, I was looking at, at you know predicting the potential score of the game. Shout out to Alyssa. Shout out to Alyssa. And uh, she gave me the final score. And I'm going to try and pull it up real quick to see what exactly it was. But she had the Bengals winning a low-scoring
0: game. Is it one of these things where like they give like the cat like the cat food and they like put it around? Um, they, <laughs> they, they put like they put they give like a cat cat food like around scenarios and whatever the cat chooses is what, uh, is what they say. Happens. So
1: in in the World Cup a few years back, and by a few years I mean probably like ten to fifteen at this point, they had like an octopus who did that. <laughs> I remember that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, World Cup qualifiers, were, 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 come, no, I'm sorry, not World Cup qualifiers, the World Cup Qatar, S- November 2022, baby. Dude, we're going to have to do, like, a live show or something like that with, like, live betting the entire time. Only that while Spania's playing. Okay, so we'll be coming here for that. <laughs> there you go. Um, <sighs> Dude, I just, I can see it starting off really slow. Like, I, I agree with you. I see both teams, like, having nerves. Um, I see I see like the first two to three drives like just being shit, but I oh, see like once both teams settle in, I could very easily see the overhead. I could very easily see them like I, I could so. see it being, I could see it being 24-24 at like with five, with five minutes to go in the game. so i I disagree a little bit. I see a low scoring slug that
1: both teams' nerves take them throughout the duration of the game mm-hmm. or I see the veteran experience of the Rams kicking in because you do have guys on that defense who have been there. Well, on that defense, I mean Aaron Donald. On that offense, I
0: guess I mean Von, Von Miller. Von Miller's been a Super Bowl MVP.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I, I see either the Rams taking this one decidingly if the Bengals are unable to settle mm-hmm. in or if the Bengals are able to set in, I see the Bengals making it a competitive game and, and this being a potentially low-scoring game. The one thing that I do not see is the Bengals being able to contain the Rams' offense. I think that they'll find a way to put points up. I think they might be inconsistent because maybe some poor offensive execution plays. But um, I think that I think that overall, this is the Rams' game to lose. And based on what I've seen from Joe Burrow in the playoffs so far, I think that they do lose it. I think that I, I would take the burrow, the, the burrow. The, I'm trying to find a way to combine burrow and bangles, but I can't really think of one. Okay. The burangles, the bees. bees, the killer bees. Leave it at
0: that. The killer bees. All right. Wait, so what, I'm sorry. What's your, what's your prediction? My prediction is the bangles in a close game to cover or no. <laughs> four, four, four and a half. Oh, no, four, they're sorry. the
1: dog. They're the dog plus four. Right. So yeah. if they win, they, they cover.
0: Like, going into the playoffs, the LA was my team. Like, the Rams were my team because of OBJ. Ever since OBJ got drafted and became that guy, I wanted OBJ to win a Super Bowl. I love that
1: narrative, too, by the way.
0: Matt Stafford. I think he's been great his whole career he's just now getting recognized for it because he's in la and he's out of, he's out of detroit where you know careers go to die but the, like joe burrow man joe burrow coming out of nowhere i gotta make a prediction i really like he, like coming here I, I dreaded this part of the show because i like just i I could genuinely see see it going anyway. Any I really can. Me too. <laughs> I believe it pick. if you
1: told me the Rams were one in a blowout. I'd believe it if you told me the, the Bengals won in a nail biter.
0: I agree with you. And if I, somebody
1: said the Bengals win in a blowout, would you believe it? I think that's the one outcome I don't believe. I don't see the Rams the getting one. blown out. I don't see that either. I. Rams win big, Rams win close, Bengals win close. Those are the three outcomes I believe.
0: So the one liability that the Bengals have is their offensive line. Like they barely held it together last week uh, two weeks ago against the Chiefs who have a scary, who have not not the same off, not the same defensive backs but like a scarier like like just as scary like pretty, you know Melvin Ingram, Chris Jones uh, Frank Clark, like all those guys that you know, they have a they have a scary lineup. I'm going to choose the Rams in a nail biter, but if the Bengals win, I will not be surprised. I really won't be surprised on what happens here. But I think, I I think Aaron Donald. I think Von Miller. I think I I think both of them. I think they get to Joe Burrow. I think Jalen Ramsey shows up. I think Eric Weddle, knowing his, it's his last game of his life. I think he makes a play or two. And I, re- I think, I think Cooper Cup and OBJ ball out. I do. I think Cooper Cup, I, I, you know what? No, I think they both
1: do as well. I definitely think they both do as well. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, I will also throw in as an aside, I'm excited for the halftime show. I like what they did this year, throwing together a, mm-hmm. basically just a whole bunch of artists from our past into it. Excited to see Eminem up there.
0: See the, did you see the meme? Um, Matt Stafford and, and Eminem are the closest, closest ever that Detroit we get to. We'll never get to. Probably it. right.
1: I agree. Probably right. But stay locked in for the Super Bowl. It's going to be a good one this year. It's going to be an insane game. A week from now, I'll be talking about how wrong I was just about, just like I was with Tom Brady's retirement. Well, we'll,
0: we'll, we'll, we'll you and I will both be wrong in some capacity. Okay, moving on to. Let us know who you think is going to win the Super Bowl, by the way, before we I, move on along. Here. Absolutely. Hit us in the DM. Give us, us, give us a little
1: fan interaction, a little fan love to shout out DJ Khaled.
0: Another one will be coming to you next week. Definitely. Lights out. Let us know. Drop a link in a, drop a, a comment in the description, on, either on YouTube or Instagram. Leave a comment on Spotify. Give us a five star rating on Spotify. You know, we really appreciate the sports, guys. Um, time to turn to some more, dishe- I don't want to say disheveling, some more serious news. I think the serious topic we've ever, I think the most serious topic we've ever discussed on, on, on Rock With Us. Probably, yeah. So Brian Flores, the former head coach of uh, the Miami Dolphins, filed a lawsuit last week against the New York Giants, the Denver Broncos, the Miami Dolphins, and the National Football League claiming discrimination he also has accused the owner, Stephen Ross, of the Miami Dolphins of allegedly offering him 100K per loss that he delivered in an attempt to tank to get, you know, to get better draft stop. Uh Brian Flores, all three owners in the NFL have denied Flores' allegations. The NFL has come out and said that they will, that they're looking to address diversity inclusion. Um. And they're looking to work on this. Brian Flores' attorney has said that this is a start, but they're far from over. Um, I would be remiss. I, I will say this. I won't. I, and Jose, whether you, you know, whether you agree with me or not, I'll I'll defer to you. I I'll let you you know speak with each of the piece. This is early, similar to the Colin Kaepernick situation that we had back in yeah. 2014. Um, but I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb. Um, while, while I think it's similar, I think it's a little bit different just because Brian Flores, like, like outperformed himself in Miami. He's coming off, you know, some people will say, oh, he finished with, he finished with a subpar record. He, he led that team to a, in a, in the back half of the season, a seven and one record. And they came with They came within a hair of making the playoffs. Seven in a row. Seven in a row. It was he. They truly. It, it was, was a great. It was a great.
1: But, but you understand it, right? Because he was a winner. He, there was, no he should,
0: there was no reason he should have been fired in Miami. That's
1: what I'm saying. I, but meanwhile, I guess ownership had a different perspective of we should be trying to. The the games that he was offered 100k to lose those
0: were during this past season. I didn't read that specifically. I think that is, it, he was I'm a coach no. in Miami for the past two years. And I either, think it was, over that, it was over that time. Either way. Because do you remember last year, they were, roll, they were rolling with Fitzmagic. They were rolling, rolling, rolling right. with Fitzmagic. And then after the bye week, they come out and they say two is the starting quarterback. I now thoroughly believe that that was a Stephen Ross decision. That was not a Brian Flores decision, which is why it was made in a press release. It, was it, just not goes something-
1: to, it just goes to show you how little control head coaches have over their teams, right? At the end of the day, the GM and ultimately the owner of the team will always supersede whatever the coach thinks. So we always put such a fine tooth and comb on the coach's decisions and who they're putting out there to play and what lineups they're going to put out there. And we always put the criticism and the hate on them, but all they are is a front That's what I've come to learn throughout this entire process. They're just there to take the blame, right? When things are going bad and when things are going well, it's a team. It's the team. Exactly. It's the culture, but they never talk about who built that culture.
0: But I say, I, I, I feel, I I don't disagree with anything you just said. I don't, I I thoroughly don't. But what I want to differentiate is Tom Coughlin, when he, when 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 he resigned from the Giants he was on record saying to Eli Manning listen when the team wins we win but when the team loses i lose so i weirdly think that like that's okay but i no no coach should go into a season no no good coach would go into a season trying to lose games and i think that's where this like like i like you and I both, you and I both talked about this when B-Flo got fired from Miami. We were both like, a, "What the fuck just happened here?" Right. But we, also, we, we I, consider him because he's a young guy. We consider him an
1: up. He's a young coach. He's a young guy who from that Belichick tree, right?
0: This is this is why it's so important. Like I, you know, oh, you're, you you finished with a record so and so. How they finished the season was was to me ensuring that Flores got another, it got another shot to to coach Miami. Now the thing that they said that, that did him in in Miami was I, I guess aside from this 100k per loss, uh, about, you know co- I don't even want to call it a contract offer that the that the owner made him. Um, the al- allegedly the reason that they were or the reason that they split was Flores wanted Deshaun Watson. He wanted Deshaun Watson from Houston. Stephen Ross and the and the GM were like, no, two is our guy. And they just butted heads over that. That's that was alleged, That was allegedly why he was and that, that And that
1: explains some of the deteriorating relationships when he got fired. Before we knew any of this information about you know um, him being offered hundred thousand dollars per loss and what have you, the the quote that stuck out to me was that he had deteriorating relationships between himself, Tua, and himself. And uh, ownership and the GM and and at the time I was like okay that makes sense you know maybe they just didn't see eye to eye on how the football team should be run but there was one thing that stood clear it was that Brian Flores was a winner he put together a football program that didn't reach its potential early on in the season but they came back and they started winning ball games right and that's all you can ask for from
0: he made team. it work with Sua which and, not a lot not a lot of guys will be able to do, I don't think.
1: I completely agree. I don't think that... I never really believed in... As an NFL quarterback, I believed in, in, in him as a college quarterback. So for him to accomplish what he did, I consider that a tremendous achievement. And I wish them the best of luck with him moving forward because I don't know how much more you can get out of him, potential-wise. But um, what I will say about this whole Brian Flores thing is he does feel like a little bit of a martyr, going back to your Colin Kaepernick point. He does seem like... He just kind of shot himself in the foot by doing this. And that but he, he openly
0: admitted that though. That was yeah. one thing that he openly admitted yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, I think, I still think fully, it's bullshit, but
1: he's fully he's fully aware of it. And I think that if a team were smart, I think that they would bring him on, maybe not as a head coach, but as a coordinator of some kinds, in order to try and try and preserve him for the valuable coach that he is, because he deserves it. He put together a winning program in two years. We Think about the Giants. Ben McAdoo, Pat Shermer, Joe Judge. Fucking idiots. Those guys each got a maximum of three years, depending on which one you look at, were never able to accomplish half the things that he was able to.
0: Right.
1: And if it wasn't for Bill Belichick texting him, thinking that he was Brian Dable, who knows, maybe we're not even in this situation to begin with.
0: I. I'm glad you brought that up. Dude, just rock with me on this, Belichick. Belichick, I think he knew exactly what he was doing. I think that. I really think Belichick. Can you hear me still? It just said that. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Belichick knew exactly what he was doing in my in my head. He fucking knew that he wasn't texting Dable. He knew that he was texting B flow. He knew what happened in Miami. He's too prepared for that,
1: right? He's too
0: on he's top. Not of the, his Belichick is exactly Belichick does not make mistakes, dude. I think he knew what happened. I think he knew it was bullshit. And I think that's why he gave I think that's why I think he knew in his said because also B flow he's not only a court he's not only a coordinator from from uh from uh, Patriots. He was, I think he's a former player of Belichick's also. And I think Belichick takes care of his own. I think now Belichick obviously can't come out and say, oh, you know, he has to say, oh, I made a mistake. I to do this. I in my head, I really think Belichick knew exactly what he was doing. And I think he, this was because this is the smoking gun that, that, that Flores has now. I there do. were
1: plenty of head coaching opportunities available for him. You still had the Texans at the time, you had the Broncos, and you had the, the, the Saints. Fly- three teams who had not hired a head coach at the time that Brian Flores came out with this. So the head coaching opportunity was there, and the entire league is not racist. Look at the Texans. They just hired a man of color. His name uh, is escaping. Lovey name. Smith. Was, from a, was it the Texans Lovey who hired Smith? Lovie Smith? No, somebody, who, somebody just hired a, a a coach who came from a biracial background. His dad was black. His mom was white. No idea. So, so there are teams in there who are inherently good and who are genuinely just looking for the best football people to uh, to hire them, to hire those people. And I think that Brian Flores did this intentionally, reflecting upon his experiences in the league and reflecting upon you know people who have come before him like Colin Kaepernick and he's realizing that this Rooney rule that was set out is kind of bullshit in the it's sense that it's a loophole that- that's a, that's
0: a, it's, it's a thing that the, all 32 NFL teams know how to get by and know how to get through it right right just i mean it's not that hard
1: you interview someone let's say i interview today you and i love you and i want you to be my next coach i don't care what the next guy has to offer right i should be able to hire you. I shouldn't have to go and interview someone in a phony interview, potentially smelling like booze and coming back from a night of partying, like Brian Flores alleges that John Elway and, uh, and the Broncos did um, in order to make ends meet. Right. That, that doesn't, I understand what the NFL is trying to do with the Rooney rule and, and at a very fundamental level, it's correct. And it's genuine and it's the right thing to do. But I think that the execution of it, in in the years since that rule was put into effect, I think there's some obvious flaws that uh, that are not that are not working out there.
0: So, my Flores seems like a player's coach. He really does. That's what that's why I like him. I tend to I tend to like more players' coaches, guys who will ride you up. A way that like brian a way that like what's his name would do um a way that rex ryan would do like i like weirdly i like i like weirdly i i, I listen more to coaches like that i really i'm lost over this whole thing dude like i just i
1: think I, that there needs to be a rule in place to give um minority head coaches a chance I don't think that the rule that they have in place is correct. And I saw an article today that Roger Goodell is going to be meeting with whatever committee it is that's in charge of this. And he's going to be reviewing this. And and you know what? I think it's a little bit too little too late. I think that this was a broken rule from the get-go. But I don't know. You got to do better. You got to do better than this, right?
0: I just, I, (sighs) the one thing that, the one thing that, that bites my ass over this is that, Brian Flores is never going to get another head coaching job. I don't think. I tr- I genuinely don't believe that. The same way the Cap I never got enough. Like, listen, think what you want about think what you want about Cap. Think what you want about Flores. Think about whatever they did off the field. You know, I'm not. I'm not. We're not getting into that. That should have no impact on what they do. Uh, wh- on whether or not they have the ability to work. Lovie Smith is a washed-up old coach that I think Houston hired because Brian Flores was in the running until he did this, and I think that the NFL was like, "Do not fucking hire him." So I think they hired Lovie Smith as a as a cop out for that. The Giants, the day after, um, the Giants, the day after they, what's it called? The the day after they got served this, they hired a minority uh, assistant general manager out of Philadelphia. I, I I don't you know I don't know anything about him. I could be making this up completely. I, I'm sorry if I am. He sounds. He, he, I ho- I think he, he looks like a good guy, but I like there's like that weird that weird feeling that did they make this move to show that oh we're not racist we just hired someone who's black. I I think that there is more to discuss with this. I think Brian Flores taking the stance that he has has opened the door to that. I also think that it's bullshit that it will probably cost him the rest of his coaching career, because I think he's a good coach.
1: Agreed, 110%. And I think that the NFL needs to take a deep look into this and evaluate whether or not this rule is necessary. Personally, I think that their best course of action would just be to let the best coach win the head coaching job, regardless of race. Um, Because the whole reason we're forgetting that this rule rule was put into place is- Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, Pittsburgh Steelers, they had a coach, a candidate who they thought they loved. And then they gave Mike Tomlin an opportunity and were absolutely wowed by him and hired him. And this rule was put into place because of that. And not for nothing, but that's one in a million, right? Forget race. When you interview someone, you fall in love with them. You want them to be your next head coaching candidate or head coach, period. Um, You hire them. And you shouldn't have to interview somebody else in order to do that. So whether he's white, black, blue, brown, or whatever it is, just hire the guy. And people should be given a fair opportunity. And I think that we're slowly but surely making progress towards that. But trying to force people into doing it in spirit is positive. In spirit has the right intentions. But in reality, what you're doing is just making these people like Brian Flores did when he interviewed with the Giants or when he interviewed with the Broncos in 2019 feel like shit about themselves because now they just feel like they're being used. Now they feel like they're just being used as a token to meet their credential for interviewing somebody of race. And that's not how we should be looking at them. We should be looking at them as equals, as peers, as people who should be respected and valued in the game of football or just in general in life
0: in the same way. Right. I, I agree with you all Harley. I, I, I'm glad that we agree on this. I'm glad that we have some unification over this. Um, jazz are covering by eight points as of right now, one minute left. Well, well, you're looking at that. I mean, not to, not to take away from the seriousness of what we just talked about, but there is a minute left in the jazz next game. Just got hype watching live sports. I apologize for that. But, uh, yeah, I mean,
1: look, I, I'm rooting for Brian Flores. I hope he gets another chance. That's what I'll leave it at. And I, and I really hope that this doesn't turn into another Colin Kaepernick situation because there were countless teams that Colin Kaepernick could have provided value to, maybe not today, but years ago. And there are countless teams right now that Brian Flores could provide value to the same way that Colin Kaepernick did, obviously not at the quarterback position. But the more- and, and hopefully he gets the chance
0: to- the the one thing I'll say on Cap is, and again, it's not it's not about it's not about the stance that he took. It should have had nothing to do with his with, with his ability to get a job. And but the one thing that I need to say on it is that Cap had shitty years his last two years with the Niners, which again we'll cover, we'll you know, we'll we'll will make any team skeptic. But the one thing I will say, Ryan Tannehill is a perfect example of. Ryan Tannehill is the perfect example of, like, hey, let's take it, let's take a chance, and let's see what happens.
1: Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that, uh, I, I, think it's a shame what happened to Cap, but that's obviously not on the agenda today. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to cross that bridge another time. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, I mean. We will have to cross it. So we're yeah, we're gonna close the book on that. If more develops in that story, we'll obviously we'll tell you guys more about uh you know about what's going on. All right, I gotta rant about something right now. We're gonna we're gonna dive more into NBA. We're gonna dive more into MLB. I, I'm I'm saying this now because I said this last week. New York Knicks.
1: Save whoever say
0: whoever the fuck is the general manager. I don't uh Leon Ross. Thank you get your heads out. get your heads out of your fucking asses i am so fucking done with this you need to trade julius Randle and oh remember I, I jose will remember this i last week i said that like john uh, i'm sorry nicks fans they know things are going to go wrong it's just a matter of time as i watch we uh, the Knicks had a, the nicks had a, a 10-point lead donovan mitchell right now walking down the floor, Jose, they covered. They, they covered. Don't worry, bud. I, yes. I am so fucking done with the Knicks. So Julius Randle, they were in L.A. Saturday night. I won some good money on them. Shout out Evan Fournier for, for getting in. Shout out Mitchell Robinson. They were winning by
1: 12 tonight at one point.
0: I know. I'm and they blew that out
1: there. So, I think that was the same margin against the
0: Lakers. It's, it's over now. Like, the, game, the game's over now. I, I, like like we, have the, we have these runs, and then Julius Randle just completely fucks everything up. RJ Barrett was an absolute. was was playing lights out Saturday night, and and Julius Randle tried to be LeBron. Tried to take over the game and just completely fucked up the, the flow of things. That's not what I'm here to rant about. Julius Randle, they need, to, they, need to, they need to they need to they need to trade him. Like I'm over it. it, it needs to happen by Thursday. It needs to happen. Here's what, I'm, here's what I'm on about. It was reported today, Jose Jose. You know, I'll, I'll bounce this off of you. It was reported today that it came out that Tom Thibodeau didn't want the Knicks to trade for Cam Reddish. And let's just go back to this. They traded for Cam Reddish on January 13th. Cam Reddish, he was a point guard. He's out of, he, he's out of, um, he's out of Atlanta. He's out of Duke. He graduated with RJ Barrett. I'm not I didn't graduate. He came out of the same class as RJ Barrett, I believe. And we traded Kevin Knox and a future first round pick. This year's first round pick, a protected uh, protected first round pick, for him. And um, now,
1: put, fact check: you said Cam Reddish was a point guard. He's a small forward.
0: Small forward. I'm sorry he, he, he came out with he came out with shooting guard. He came out with R.J. Barrett. I'm sorry, like Leon Rose, what are you doing making that trade if your head coach doesn't want the body? The body, and this is not about Cam Reddish. This is about the principle. Yeah, you got rid of Kevin Knox. Good job. Great job. He's the he's the guy from the last regime. Great fucking he, job. He did suck. So. I'm not saying he didn't, but at the same time, we gave up a first round. Also football. could make the argument that he was a waste of talent. He was the
1: product of your coaching
0: staff. He was, dude, he never fit in. He never fit the mold in New York. He was never one of Thibs' guys. Dude, I am just so fucking over it. Like the idea that Thibs and and Leon Rose weren't on the same page, this, and then it cost us a first round pick for a guy who he's played in three fucking games since January thirteenth when we got him. Three fucking games, and he's he 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 didn't play tonight. I guarantee you, he's not gonna play the next game. Like, what are we doing, like New York Knicks? What the fuck are we doing? And what's being lost in all this is
1: Cam Reddish. When he came out of that draft, I remember that he was, you know, supposed to be one of the the most pure scores of that draft class I even heard someone on ESPN on draft night because that was a draft that I was invested into because of Zion RJ um, John ja Morant was also in that draft yeah right yeah yeah because because it was Zion R- Zion, uh, ja, Zion ja, and then RJ RJ right so that was a, that was one of the that was a generational it was a draft deep class it was some it was a draft class that we were all invested into regardless. and I'm a Nets fan right so I had no rooting interest in that really mm-hmm. um but Cam Reddish was someone who was you know talked about as raw scoring ability a i heard a comparison to to Carmelo Anthony in that that's not,
0: right, right, right. not I, I heard
1: a i heard a comparison and what Three years later, this is third year now. This is their third year, yeah. He hasn't gotten a chance. The Hawks had a lot of wings. He was never able really to break the the rotation and get
0: some significant
1: minutes. And now he's and that's fine. And he's just just robbing
0: I just I listen. I this is this weirdly has like the this weirdly is like we're on the we're on the pathway to seeing either Thibs or Leon Rose get fired. I don't know who. But like this, is just you asked me about it last week. Like, why don't Knicks fans believe? It's because of shit like this. It's never gonna go away. It's always gonna be something stupid. Cam Reddish, I, I want to see him do well. Like we traded for him, let's get him going. Like we need to trade Julius Randle. We need to get something back for him. Uh, last I saw, you know, I'm praying. What do you, but-
1: what do you want that? Who, give me your wish list. If you could trade Julius Randle, realistically speaking, obviously you're not gonna. Julius for John Morant or anything ridiculous no, like that. No, obviously Who do you want back for Julius and potentially other
0: pieces? I want a young point guard, and I want a draft pick. I, I want a first-round draft pick back. I don't care if it's this year or next year or the year after that. De'Aaron Fox? Yeah, I, I, I am turned on by the idea of De'Aaron Fox. I saw that it was uh, – SNY was reporting it that Julius has – I don't know how the hell you do this, but – he has unofficially asked for a trade. I don't know how the hell that happens. <laughs> like, is that like a hey? I'm in the I'm in the elevator with Leon Ross and James Stone. I'm like, hey, I don't I don't really know if you guys know, but next Thursday is the NBA trade deadline. And Let me throw yeah. this
1: one at you. What's up. Sorry to interrupt because because you know that you want to trade Julius Randle already. I you do. know. I, that you I, I, do. I want to. I want to. The comes: Who do you want back? So De'Aaron Fox has come up. The other name that I've heard came come up is Shea Gilgis Alexander in OKC you want a little SGA in your life? Cause personally, I think if I had a choice between the two, I look at them as almost equals child game. I think do I, I think Shea Gil just might be a little bit more dangerous, a little bit more potent.
0: So um, Aaron Fox has
1: kind of been getting outplayed by Tyrese Halliburton. He's kind of lost a few minutes. I don't know if there's a falling out between him and the coaching staff, or if they're just playing favorites between him and Tyrese, but he's still young. He's still like, Entering his prime, he's not even at the peak, and you could make the same ar-
0: argument about Shea. So, I think SGA is a little bit more of a hotter commodity just because he was like, you Remember his rookie year? It was the year of the bubble in, in Orlando. He, like, he I don't want to say he, I don't want to talk, talk to him like he's an actor, but he studied under Chris Paul. Like, Chris Paul taught that, taught those young guys how to win that. They weren't supposed to win, that's why they traded Chris Paul away from that, shit. right? I, um. I would take De'Aaron Fox or SGA back. I want someone back. I don't want Julius in this team anymore. I think he's a shitty player. I think that he fucks up the flow, and I weird. And I think that it's becoming RJ's team. RJ in LA on Saturday night. That was RJ's team, and Julius just completely came in and just fucked everything up. Uh, you know, I, last year, last year he was the guy. Last year he was the guy, and we paid him. We did what we did. This year, he's just falling off, and I'm fucking sick of it. And now the internal bullshit that's going on between Leon Rose and uh, and Thibs is really just something that's pissing me off. It's going to end with one of them getting fired. I don't know who, but it's just it's it's the it's the constant bullshit that New York Knicks fans like myself are are I don't want to say immune to it at this point, but we just expect it. It's it's like the sun coming up in the morning. It's something that's just going to happen at a certain point. Do you think that they're pulling the trigger too fast? You just got
1: you just got him 2 years ago and he balled out last year, most improved. And now halfway through this season, you're all of a sudden saying, "Hey, you know what? Actually on second thought, this isn't our guy. He's not what we thought he was last His year." His attitudes. I sucks. understand. I understand everyone's got these I I don't know. I, I feel like that's a narrative I, I see it with him at times. I don't necessarily feel like it's become so overwhelming and so significant that it has to be the most talked about thing with him. He, he had a really good game in L.A. on Saturday night, whenever that was. Yeah, at the same time, he... And, and he's shown potential to be able to click with R.J. Barrett. And he's still a young player who's probably just entering the peak of his prime. But the but the oh I don't know I don't know I think that I think that in New York we have a uh, a tendency to jump the gun and you're it's an end all be all last year you gave us playoffs this year you need to give us Eastern Conference semifinals like you
0: constantly have to be going up dude I love you like that like whether whether you say it's like a a byproduct of being in New York like that like we've grown up with that. Like, that's something we've grown up with. That's all dude, we've Ju- known because we are New York kids. I get that, but Julius, Knicks, Fran-
1: Nets, Yankees, Mets, you know, Giants, dude. Jets. It's, it's been, you know, think about Mark Sanchez. Think about all the Yankees teams over the years who have high expectations on them. The Mets this past year had high expectations. Imagine if the Mets were talking about trading Frankie Glendora after one down year. That's what I think. That's the closest comparison we can
0: I, make. To that. You can't though, because you traded an arm and a leg to get him, and then you had to pay him. So they did, and it was the first big move. Listen, to me, I think was a
1: pleasant I, surprise. You're right. I'll do.
0: I'll do you one. I'll do you one. Garrett Cole, after paying him that boatload of money that you fucking paid him, all the shit that they talk about him with that? Like, you know, we can get we can oh, get, get know, the spider Tech and all that bullshit after it. Oh, you're but right. it's the same it's fucking the same thing. thing. No, it's the same thing as Lindor because they're both established all-stars.
1: Actually, Garrett Coles lived up to his contract. He was second in Cy Young voting this year. Last year, he had a great year. Um, Frankie Lindor had one down year, but overall, he's a superstar. Julius Randle was nothing before he came to the Knicks. He was what D'Angelo Russell was to the Nets when they traded for him. He was nothing. He was a broken commodity, and they built him up into what he is. And Julius Randle for D'Lo? No, trading him away. Well, we can get into that later. That's another topic. <laughs> but, but for the, for what it means to Julius Randle, I don't know. I, I kind of feel for the guy. I feel like he earned uh, Blue Collar New York's support last year for what he did for the franchise. Right. And I feel like you guys gave it to him for the entire season last year. Even when they lost the playoffs, there was nothing but love for them. And I feel like now you you guys are very, very quick to take it all away when in reality you should be celebrating the success that R.J. Barrett has had and maybe, you know, pushing Julius in a more positive direction. But what I would say is more detrimental to this team is guys like Derrick Rose not being available, Kemba Walker not living up to his contract. And Evan Fournier being inconsistent. Evan fournier he's shown he's shown Fournier has been on the be rebound.
0: The guy. He's been on the rebound. i he's did. shown
1: not the guy, but he's shown size that he can be part of a significant rotation. He can he be our money
0: killer. He hasn't. He needs. He needs to address that. We gave. I think we gave Fournier too much money. I think it was like a hey, we need you and like come. And he knew. He said, okay, fine, I'll come. My the the thing that I think does your argument dirty. Is how Randall conducts himself on the court and off of it. So, all those guys you just listed who have had who had down years, whether it was Sanchez, whether it was, uh, you know, Garrett Cole, like all those guys we talked, how they conducted themselves on the field and in the the media and everything else, they conducted themselves to be like gentlemen, not like John, to be gentlemen. Like they just like, I just gotta get better. Like I, I gotta, I gotta work for it. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. Julius Randle has been fighting with the refs. He's been fighting with the media, and he's been fight and he's been fighting with the fans. He did. He did. Do you remember this past year, this past baseball season? Javi Baez and Frankie Lindor. They did the thumbs down thing after. after I forget what game it was, but yeah. and S- Sandy Olson came out. Sandy Olson had an absolute cow. It's like. We're not, doing. This is not what you do in New York. This is not how you conduct yourself. And Steve Cohen, Steve Cohen had to make a statement saying, I'm sorry, New York fans, we have to do better. They had to do the same thing for Julius Randle. They had to tell him, dude, you're fucking apologizing. Like, you have to apologize. And he's like, no, I don't want to. Uh, that, was, that was reported. That was reported. The, the, next, or the next front office had to tell him, you are, you are apologizing for saying what you said. I don't care if you don't mean it. It is how Julius conducts himself. Listen, he did so much for us last year, but he thinks that the one – he has Isaiah Thomas syndrome. He thinks that one great year, one storybook year buys you LeBron status. He's not there yet. You and I listen, when Isaiah Thomas left Boston in the Kyrie deal, the way that he acted in Cleveland is what got him traded before that season was over.
1: I don't know. I think they got, uh, they got the grass is always greener syndrome in that case. I think that they saw Kyrie, championship potential, played alongside LeBron, and I think that they were quick to get rid of him because of that. And it wound up being the right call because IT has not done anything since, but Kyrie has done just the one notch above what IT has done. But either way, I mean, look, you want to point the the finger at the players you want to point the finger at julius randall fine where you really need to be pointing the finger in my opinion is to the front office because we hired worldwide west and leon rose and everyone was like oh my god these are guys who are perennial winners guys who have great relationships with big name free agents where are they in they're Brooklyn not they are not coming in other places the they the day yeah, that no, you, the day that the nobody Nets, wants to be your savior, the day nobody. that the Nets
0: signed Kevin Lo, uh, I'm sorry, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving was the day that Brooklyn became the mecca of basketball in New York. They players have
1: they though? Have the, they become it? The alert, the allure of it. You want to talk about it? Hey, I, 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 I let me
0: get <laughs> after this. Let me get it. new uh, NBA All Stars will not come to the Knicks because of the dysfunction, because of everything that goes on, this shit included. This shit that was released today with uh, with Thibs and Leon Rose fighting over Cam Reddish, that is just another thing to add on, the, on a laundry list of shit, whether it's Charles Oakley getting fucking handcuffed and booted out of the building that he fucking built, whether it was all of the shit with, with James Dolan going on, and now the shit with Leon Rose. The Knicks, will, the Knicks will never turn it around with James Dolan at the helm. And this is why I'm going to die on this hill. Anything that can go wrong will in the Knicks front office. I think you're right. Thank you. You looked at me like I had six heads the last time I brought this up. No, the
1: James Dolan thing I agree with. I think that the players are just a scapegoat. I think they're just the front man for the fall. They are. But in reality, the problem roots much higher up than that.
0: Yeah, it's from the top down. Completely agree. All right, we can, enough about my dysfunction. Let's get into yours. Uh, James Harden. James fucking Harden. Well, talk about the Nets as a whole, man. I mean, we played – we're on a West
1: Coast trip right now, uh, similar to, to the Knicks, and we can't buy away. We're on a seven-game skid. Kyrie's looked like crap. James has looked like crap. I saw one good game from Nick Claxton, but outside of that, you know – Patty Mills, uh, James Johnson, all these guys who are supposed to be significant role players are significantly underperforming. And everyone wants to look at James Harden. And and the popular narrative has been, is James Harden happy? Is he looking to jump ship at the end of the year? Will they trade him to, to Philly? And will we bring back Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey and try and build a championship team out of those two guys in the current core that we already have once guys like Joe Harris and Kevin Durant become healthy. And I just don't, I don't, again, same thing that I thought with the Knicks is the same thing I think with the Nets. I don't think that's the right place to be focusing your attention. What I see from the Nets is a team that lacks discipline. What I see from the Nets is a team that's very player-driven and player-oriented. And there's not a lot of uh, repercussions for the players' actions. James Harden goes out and he says, you know, that he doesn't know if the Nets can win and blah, blah, blah. And there's nothing that comes as a result of that. The Nets need to hold their players accountable. They need to hold them to the championship level uh, caliber that they showed, at least until, you know, Kyrie and James got hurt in the playoffs last year. And they got to perform, man. You can't be losing games to the, I think we just lost to the Nuggets yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, and we were winning in most of that game. We have enough firepower with James Harden and Kyrie Irving to be able to win ball games. You can't, you can't let those games slip away because what you're losing is valuable seating position, and that's going to come back to hurt you, whether it's a game seven in Milwaukee, you know, maybe this year as opposed to it being in Brooklyn or what – or no, wait, it wasn't Milwaukee game seven. It was in game Brooklyn eight, last year. Game six was in Brooklyn. No, game, game seven four. was in Brooklyn. Game seven was in Brooklyn. Ed, Ed was there. Well, you need, you need that game to be in Brooklyn to get is, is, I guess,
0: what I'm trying to say. You I need bet, to be I'm healthy and you.
1: firing on all, on all cylinders. You and they're not there. That
0: game in, you can't have that game in Brooklyn because you won't have Kyrie. Well, the idea is that maybe the, the regulations will change, right? Dude, your lipstick, guys, is right. It playoffs tomorrow. You need that game. And you need that maybe game this seven. is all
1: part of the master plan to be on you know, the road the entire
0: length of the playoffs. That way Kyrie can
1: play. I really don't know, but there's just too many question marks. So I, is James can, happy? Is Kyrie going to get
0: vaccinated? Is Kevin Durant going to get healthy? Can I ask you one thing? Because like, this is something that this is an interesting topic to me. Like the Knicks, the one thing that they have as an established coach, like he knows how to manage. He he knows how to manage like personalities. Does does Steve Nash being the head coach play into this? Like. Like, yes. Like, like Sean Marsh. Yes, Sean Marks got fired. Steve Nash got hired, just strictly to to appease Kevin Durant. Kenny, Kenny. Kenny. What did I say? Oh, Sean Marsh is GM, right? Okay. Yeah. Kenny. Atkinson. Shout out Kenny. Atkinson. And like, I
1: think he was a system with the Clippers. Uh,
0: Clippers or Lakers? I believe. I no. I don't. I was really on one don't. of those coaching staffs. Heat. No. Nah, he, all right. We. I'll figure that out. Um. Are you kind of going on over here? Um. um you, so you, your your opinion is that with Steve Nash, Warriors. he's on the Warriors. Account. That makes sense because Steve Nash is a pop, I'm not. Steve Kerr is a pop guy or no? He is. So yeah. that's why I think that's why because uh, Kenny Acton was a pop guy also. Makes sense.
1: Um, I don't think that Steve Nash was the right guy for this job. I think that he's the one to blame for a lot of this lack of success that we've had, and I think that the Nets need discipline. I think that they have a lot of wild personalities like James Harden and Kyrie. I think the only one who is calm, cool, and collected is Kevin Durant, who's been there, who knows what it takes to get there, and can do it again. Right. And he proved that in the playoffs last year by carrying us through those injuries to a seventh game against Milwaukee. Because let's be real, like we started off that series hot before uh, James had the hamstring and Kyrie had what was it, the ankle? But uh, but I. I I genuinely think that we need to be better coached. We need more discipline. And everyone's saying, not everyone, but I've heard rumors that, you know, we should trade Kyrie Irving for Jeremy Grant in in, uh, Detroit. That's not going to help us. You need Kyrie Irving to come around. The only way that this team is going to succeed is if these guys pull together and rally around their team. They're not going to win without that core that we've built. And trust me, if they're able to do that, that team's
0: unstoppable. So they have to do that. I am, I'm like, I'm envious. Like, I wish that I I wish that like my Knicks had these problems, like like had these more like comparable problems. Um, I just, I I think, I think if Katie comes back, I think you guys got, I think you guys get a lot. I I think a lot of, a lot of things. Of course, you
1: got the best player in the league.
0: Right. I just, I, does, if your season collapses like this, do you fire Steve Nash? Do you look to get a better coach than Steve Nash?
1: I think you see what happens with James Harden. I think you see what happens with Kyrie Irving,
0: and then you make a decision. Kyrie's a free agent after this year, isn't he? Uh, I believe so. Wait, no, this is three years. So he has, the, he has the player option that's always seen as, like, the player opt-out. But I don't think Kyrie gets that money on the open markets. So
1: also, if you're Kevin Durant, are you sitting there just, like, absolutely frustrated and pissed off at, like, what is going on
0: here? You have to be because you because last year he signed a four-year extension that, that locks him there for another five years, including this season. So he, I, I, respectfully to KD, he has to sit there with his with his dick in his hand saying, listen, I signed up for this. James Harden, James Harden has the out.
1: Look, the nice thing about being Kevin Durant is that it is a revolving door. You know, even if James and Kyrie leave, even if we get nothing back for them, at the very least, it will free up cap space and we'll be able to pursue some more lucrative free agents, and they will be attracted to coming to play with Kevin Durant because of the MVP caliber that he's shown when he's healthy. But, I mean, I don't want to compare it because it's not comparable but in a way, this does remind me of what happened when we traded for Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Gerald Wallace, Darren Williams, Joe Johnson. Like, you built a team the right way. You had guys like Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, D'Angelo Russell, building a culture, building a brand of basketball in Brooklyn that the Knicks at the time were so envious about. We you still had are. Young potential. I would love to see what that team is capable of today because Jared Allen today is not the same player that we traded a year ago. Karis LeVert became a valuable, at, on the high side, number one, on the low side, number two scoring option that Cleveland is now going to benefit from after the trade yesterday.
0: And now, yeah, now he's going back to play with Jared Allen in Cleveland.
1: Which I love. And, and that's another thing that I want to hit on, not to divert off the original topic, but Cleveland traded a lottery-protected num- first-round pick and two second-round picks for this guy, and you're telling me that the Nets nor the Knicks, you guys would have benefited from this guy? Nobody could must I mean, and even apart from that, it took the Cavs to go out there and get him. Think about how many championship contenders could have benefited from having this guy on their roster. This guy's a legit scorer. He can shoot the three-ball well. He can shoot the mid-range, and he can get to the hole. Defensively, he's met. But the guy can play ball; he's a baller, and he's young, and he's still in his prime and uh and and you know I you know credit to the pacers for for profiting off of him because it seems like they're in a fire sale, but I think the rest of the league has to be looking at this trade like man, we missed out because I think that this guy could really burn them in the future
0: so i I kind of compare it to the Julio Jones trade last year like. They were, like Julio was on the market. He was he was in he was in Atlanta, and P, I remember Pat McAfee was like, "There's gonna come a day where it's the day after he gets traded, and people are gonna be like, that's all it took to get him.'" Like, and now Karis Levert, same thing. People are like, "That's all it took to get him." He's an all star caliber. So let me ask, let me ask just eighteen point he's, score. He's doing work, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think him, I think him with Darius uh, is, is, is Darius Garland out for the year? Does he? Did I see that? Sexton definitely is. Garland's not. Out. Sure. Garland's not. You're right. Sexton's not okay.
1: Garland's hurt. He's hurt. I don't know what he's out with though.
0: Right. So let me ask you this, because you asked me this: if there was one move that the that the Nets could make that would that would I don't want to say infinitely make the team better, but the, that would put you guys on the road to like being to, to being okay until Katie gets back. What would that? What would you want them to see them do? It's
1: a tough question a really tough question i'll tell you what i don't want them to do i don't want them to move james which it seems like they've told the sixers to buzz off for now um uh, which i guess is indefinitely i don't want them to trade Kyrie. i want them to keep that core intact what i want them to do is find a way to rehab kd and joe harris that way they have you know the bones to to be able to make it through a playoff run I guess if I had to choose something, I like Jeremy Grant as a player. I think that he's a lengthy wing who can defend a lot of positions, who can help us in a lot of ways. But I don't think that he should be traded for one of our top three guys. Right. So I think that somebody of a similar nature would be um, in that conversation. And um, I think that they will make a move. But think about it. If you come to the playoffs and you have a lineup of Patty Mills, Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, sure, you're playing small ball. But you have five, you have the five best three-point shooters in a starting five that the league has ever seen. Patty Mills, one of the top catch-and-shoot three-pointers in the league this year. Kyrie Irving, we all know what he's capable of off the dribble, off the catch-and-shoot. James Harden, step back threes all day, baby. Uh, Joe Harris, catch and shoot, led the league in three point percentage last year, I think it was, if not two years ago. And then Kevin Durant, nothing else needs to be said. You get those five guys on the court together. I think this team is unstoppable. And I think that they have the track record that proves it. It's just a matter of keeping all those guys healthy. So don't do much, just invest in your medical team and and hope that they're able to get your guys back to where they need to be in order to uh, compete for a championship. And then, oh, by the way, you have pieces on the bench. Bruce Brown, who's a gritty defender. Nick Claxton, who can come in and clean up the glass for you. Uh, James Johnson has some vet experience. Uh, who else you got down there? Some of these young kids who, honestly, I have a hard time keeping up with because they're just mm-hmm. so uh, irrelevant, honestly. But mm-hmm. they're getting a chance now. Kessler, Kessler. This guy Kessler has come out of nowhere. He's, he's proven to be a pretty solid player. So I guess if you're going to try and find a silver lining in all of this – uh, kink in the armor for the Nets. It's that you had some time to evaluate some young talent who otherwise wouldn't have had a chance to play if those guys were still healthy. So right. we'll see what happens. But uh, it seems like Darius Garland's supposed to a comeback. By the way, okay, cool. Right, right shoulder, sh- right shoulder sprain, and he should be back within the week.
0: All right. I mean, I guess we'll leave it there with the NBA.
1: Um... Can't wait to see what he can do with Harris and Jared, Jared Allen. If the Nets get bounced, that will be my team because that's basically the Nets' life.
0: Thursday, four ten. 10 Thursday, 4 o'clock is the trade deadline. God only knows what's going to happen. Uh, Stay tuned.
1: Watch out for the Pacers. DeMontis, the Sabonis, Miles Turner. Um, uh, what's the guy's name that they picked up from Milwaukee a few years ago? Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon. That's Those bad. are three names to watch. Who could make some big, big, big... Uh, Contributions to a potential playoff, potential championship caliber team.
0: Yeah. All right. I mean, that's really we we really hit everything. The only thing left, um, I guess, is the ob- uh, the obligatory MLB get off your fucking ass and make this deal. Uh, it doesn't sound like it's going that way. Um, yo, you added the last you you added the last talking point to the show. Do you want to? Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> Yeah. So um, I just thought this was
1: interesting more than anything. I think in terms of the actual politics that it plays into the negotiations is kind of a moot point because exactly like you responded to what I DM'd you earlier is exactly the case here. But basically what happened was that the MLB is no longer testing players for steroid use. Um, and if you look at it from just a you know, bird's eye view, and take it for the headline that it is, you're like, oh, sick, you're going to see guys smashing 70 home runs, um, you know, like back when you did in the Bond-Sammy-Sosa days, Mark McGuire days, late 90s, early 2000s. But in reality, what's happening here is that we're making such slow progress towards a potential um, new deal that these are things that are inherently going to happen as you progress down that road. So will guys be getting tested? No. Um, Does that mean that once a deal is eventually struck, they will continue to not be tested? Also no. Once there's a deal struck, once we have baseball back, these guys will be getting tested again. I would almost bet the house on it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and it's just a matter of time before we see what happens with the actual negotiations themselves moving forward.
0: Yeah, I mean... MLB, get off your fucking ass. I, I did see
1: that uh, the players union hired a negotiator. Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite pages from John Boy Media talking baseball uh, was like, OK, cool. This is awesome. They hired a negotiator. Their very next post was the last time that the MLB hired a negotiator was in, I forgot when they had the labor strike in the late the late ninety-five, ninety ninety three,
0: ninety-five. We were we were barely around. So the
1: last time that they hired a, a labor negotiator was ninety, whatever it was that they had the labor strike. And I mean, um, to be fair, to be
0: fair to that stat, I mean, they had like 15 straight years of of playing with like I don't want to say right. unison, but they had like 15 straight years of playing without any interruptions.
1: Right. I mean the NBA had a disruption more recently than than the MLB has. But the point being the last time they had to do that they missed games. Right. The last time they had to do that being hire a, a labor negotiator. So at first it was like, "Oh cool. They're bringing in a uh, third party here to kind of arbitrate this process." And then it was like, "Oh wait. They're just doing that because they're having a hard time doing it themselves."
0: I know the owner the owners wanted a uh, they wanted to go to court. They wanted a legal mediator, um, but the union said no to that. That 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 much I know. Um, it's gloomy times in baseball. How, how the fuck are we gonna like? Just how the fuck are you and I gonna survive this? Like realistically, like I like I I uh we got basketball, but like you and I, I aren't basketball. Co- you and I aren't college football guys. You're not a hockey guy. The Olympics you have suck. Coffee.
1: Yeah, the, I mean the Olympics. I haven't honestly. I haven't caught a second of it. Um, I haven't
0: either. There's nothing to watch. Like I watch, I'll watch the Flying Tomato. But other than that, I'm like I'm not, not <laughs> interested in anything else.
1: And I will say, I was so excited to see some of like the lines for sports betting in MLB. Because with basketball, it's like okay, over under points. You know, I'm looking and- for parlays. Exactly. I'm curious what that looks like. Is it judge, you know, over two RBIs in a game, a half a home run and right. bet someone a half a home run? That's like too high. Like right. you don't expect guys to hit a home run every night the same way you expect Steph Curry to hit a three pointer every night. So right. being such a, a sports betting virgin when it comes to baseball, particularly, I'm like, yo, I can't wait to see what that looks like. And to think that that might get delayed as a result of all these negotiations kind of sucks. Well, but I, when it comes, it'll just be that much sweeter.
0: I think you and I have to accept the fact that baseball isn't starting on time. I just, a deal, right. like, uh, once, they, once they feel everything, like like, a deal will get done. It's just, it's a matter of hoping that it's, like, in May and not July.
1: Right. And, oh, by the way, we
0: still have a lineup
1: of free agents that need to find a home. I, I still know. am dying to know where Carlos Correa is going to go.
0: He's I not to going to anywhere where, if he wants if he holds firm on a three hundred thirty million dollar number.
1: I want to see where Trevor Story goes. I know all these guys. You know they still need to find a home. They're still. We want to talk about the favorite in MLB. I want. I, to I,
0: I want to see the A Rod simulcast and see how shitty it is.
1: I want to see the K Rod as well. And uh, you know, but unfortunately, we're gonna to have to. We're gonna to have to hit the pause button on that for a little bit
0: yeah we gotta hit the pause button on that we also gotta hit the pause button on this uh, on this installment we've been at it been at a long time we discussed a lot i have enjoyed the fuck out of it as per usual um
1: another solid episode in the books i the two episodes that we've done here i have had really bad time of keeping track of time me too I don't I, I have no idea what time we started. I think it was in the 10 o'clock hours. So we're probably it was going like, on like
0: an, It was like 10.30,
1: I think. We're going on an hour and a half.
0: Yeah, it's better that we we did two hours last week.
1: All right, we're getting better. Yep. Uh, we're getting if anyone's better. anyone's still listening at that at this point. We appreciate it. And uh anybody, I, if honestly, anybody, personally, I would like to know who it is that's still listening at this point. I'm not listen, even sure I, I'd be listening. I want to do point.
0: something. I want to do something right now. This is how we're really gonna figure it out. Guys. If you are still listening right now, I want you to DM me my birthday on the on the on the account. If one of you gets it, I'll give that one person a hundred dollars. If multiple people get it, it I is, like that. Maybe I'll give you a little bit more. <laughs> we
1: get one DM of let's make it one of our birthdays, not even just Tim's. If you DM us one of our birthdays and you get it correct. I don't,
0: even if you just DM us and get it wrong, if, I would if be you impressed. if, you, att- if you if you attempt
1: correct, hundred dollars.
0: Hundred dollars for both of us, or are we like hundred dollars each. No, no, no hundred dollars
1: total. Come on, cool, come on, man. Right, cool. done, come on, man. Done. We're not we're, we're, we're not we're rolling going, in it. We're free streams over here. We're trying to generate revenue, not uh, not give it away. But if you're exactly. listening at this point, we appreciate you. We love you, and yeah, let us know. Let us know. Hit us with a birthday guess, and uh, we'll see if you can get some cash in your hand.
0: Like and subscribe, like like on the YouTube channel, like on uh, like on Spotify. Give, give us a, your Super Bowl predictions. Super Bowl predictions. Give us your uh, give us your M- NBA uh, draft, uh, not draft M- NBA uh, trade predictions. What think things going to happen? Are the Knicks going to fire Leon Rose? Are the Knicks going to fire Thibs? Like, what the hell is going to happen? Is Kevin Radish ever going to be able to play? Let us know what you're thinking. We we want to hear from you guys. We love Vicky. We love Vicky so much, but Vicky's the only one we actually hear from. Let's hear from somebody else from now on. All right.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I want to post some more polls, get a little more engaging with these guys, right? Let's hear who you guys want the Knicks to trade for, trade away. Let's hear
0: who's going to
1: cover in the Super Bowl. Give me all that fun stuff. Yeah. Hit me with it.
0: Hit us with it. All right. On that note, I think we got to leave it here. We got to unplug it. It was a great – It was you know, Peace! Great time. Jose, you good? I'm ready, baby all right hit the music why don't you talk tonight drugs got me sweating but the wrong getting colder looking at the devil and the angel on my shoulder ain't with me pop with me get high with me if you rock with me smoke with me drink with me playing with me pop with me get high with me if you rock with me